We are continuing the sixth Torah in Likud Demaran. We finished Baruch Hashem on Sunday, the first paragraph, Ois Aleph. And we're going to do a quick Chazara on Ois Aleph. We're going to move on to Ois Beis. Ois Beis is a little bit more difficult and deals with a little bit um, Kabbalistic concepts. Hashem will be able to explain everything very simply, Hashem, very practically. So let's just start from the beginning again. We're going to run through um, the first paragraph and Hashem. We're going to delve a little bit more deeply into it, and then we'll try and make some headway into his base. So let's start from the beginning. These are the words of Reb Nachman of Breslev. Hashem said to Moshe, call to Yehoshua. And this Pasuk is the heading of the Torah. A lot of Torahs start with a Pasuk, and the Rebbe then goes ahead and brings down this unbelievable Hasaga, like if you read the introduction to the Kutumran that I posted, and anybody on the group who joined after I posted that, it would like me to send that to them, the general introduction, please message me. Toward the end, Rav Nachman will bring that Pasuk again and then explain each word and each phrase as part of that Pasuk as in the light of this unbelievable revelation and uh, reveal a much deeper element. So let's, let's, start, let's start the Torah. Every person, every Jewish person, his goal in life, in every decision, like we learned from Tari and Beis, and we'll, we'll talk it outside in a, in a minute, a person's whole job is to be his own covet, is to minimize his own honor. And the flip side of being your own covet, of being of nullifying yourself, your own ego, is thereby to increase the ego of a Baruch Hu, so to speak, or increase the presence, increase the honor of Hashem in the world. Not the ego, the honor of. The honor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world. Because naturally these two things are two sides of one coin. The more a person is focusing on himself as an independent identity, what's he doing? He's, he's telling himself non-verbally and expressing to the world that he's it. That he's the center. That he is yadi. That what he has is the fruits of his own labor. The opposite of such a thing would be to be mimayit his own covet and thereby show that everything that he has, and again, we said that such a person could have the same position as somebody who's running after his own covet. The same position. Two people, you never know the difference. One of them is being mimayit his own covet while pursuing a Kaddish Baruch Hu's honor and showing by the way that he acts and by the way that he considers himself in the recesses of his heart that he is nothing and that only a Kaddish Baruch Hu and the power that, and the strength that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives his neshama, which is being mechaya, which is giving life to his body and all of his endeavors, by showing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is everything and that he is really nullified, that he's battle, that he's totally, totally null and void when held up to that great light of life. So by doing that, Mamela, what's he doing? He's being marbek fedamakim. He's bringing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's honor into the world by showing that He's not the center of it all. That there's something else that's giving him his strength. So that's the, that's the opening line. Every person needs to minimize his own honor. And, again, it's, it's two things, but it's really one thing. And thereby, and thereby increase the honor of Hashem in the world by showing that really Hashem is giving him everything that he has. And now the Rebbe takes it a step further. 
Because a person who runs after his own honor, it's impossible for such a person to attain godly honor. Godly honor. He does not partake in the inherent honor and the inherent glory of the master of the world. He's attaining something, but what he's attaining is an earthly, like we said, an earthly honor. And again, this honor comes with a price tag. Even though it may appear like honor and he can feel good about himself and pat himself on the back, but it's an earthly honor. And an earthly honor, something that he took by force, something that he attained, so to speak, on his own, such an honor can't be fully, fully accepted, can't be fully emes. So therefore, anything that's not true, Nachman talks about somewhere else, is split into many, many parts. About a wooden bench, there's only one truth. It's a wooden bench. I could lie a million things. I could tell you that it's gold. I could tell you that it's a water bottle, that it's a book, that it's a flower vase. But it's only one thing. The truth is always singular. And that's why the closer and closer the world gets to ticking, the closer and closer in every single heartbeat, every single ticking of a, of a second on the clock, we're coming closer to the ticking of the world. We see that the world is coming closer to the truth and thereby the world is growing closer, closer together. All the proliferation of technology, of internet, everything that's connecting us globally is because we're coming closer, we're being drawn into that light of truth where the truth of a Baruch Hu's existence is descending upon the world throughout not despite, but because of the havoc and because of the, the anarchy that we're experiencing in America and elsewhere throughout the world, through that, those beacons of light that will stand up and that will remain staunch messengers to bring the light of peace, to bring the light of godliness into the world, not despite, but because, but through that is, is being revealed the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The world is coming closer to that final ticking when Mashiach will arrive and and nepach kol to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu b'safar brua. Everybody's going to come and serve Hashem. Kibes tivis tefila yikar l'chol amim. So mamelo, the world is becoming more one. The oneness of the world is proliferating through the use of technology. So again, the true honor is one. So everybody accepts it. There's no different deus. There aren't different opinions regarding this guy's honor. It's one. There's nothing to say. It's impenetrable. It's true. But a person who's, who's running after his own coven and thereby not being zeichet to kfayt alakim, but the knockoff, the very cheap knockoff of kfayt shamalachim, shenem arbay, what does it say about kfayt malachim? The Pazik says in Mishle, kfayt malachim chakar davar. So something that's false is going to reflect in, in multiplicity. It's going to reflect in the splitting of opinions regarding that per- person's honor. So v'akol choykrim achar v'shayalim. So everybody, all of a sudden, even though there might be some who accept this person, but most people are going to have varying levels of opinion regarding this person. V'shayalam, and they're going to ask themselves and each other, Mihu zeveizahu, who is this person? Really, who, like we said, who does he think he is? Shecholkim lekavrazeh. Who does he think he is that he deserves this honor? V'cholkim alev, and they'll argue on him, and they'll split from him. Lashen chelik, like a portion, they'll split, they'll, they'll part from him. And they'll say to themselves, that this person is not roy for this honor. That's kfayd malachim. That's the false knockoff honor that a person could attain on his own when he cuts himself off from the true honor of the true revelation and recognition that he's really just a tiny little spark of that great infinite light of Kaddish Baruch Hu. The flip side, somebody who's running away from honor, meaning, 
He's running away from that own physical independent honor. But again, he's not running around, like we said, with his head in the sand. He's, he might be running after honor. He might be accepting positions which would put him in a certain level and a certain echelon of society. But in doing that, he's inherently being as contradictory as it sounds. Because we might look at him and say, what do you mean? This person is in a, in a position of honor. It's true. But when you look deep, deep into his heart, in that position of honor, what's he looking for? Is he looking to be mar- to be mar- his own covet? Or is he looking to be marbek shemayim? So a person who's running away from honor, meaning who's running away from this independent, cheap, knockoff, fake, false honor, and instead he's in whatever position, again, of authority. He's trying to increase the covet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Such a person is to partake of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's glory, of Hashem's honor. He's nullified, he's humble, he's, he's, he realizes that he has nothing but the spirit of God that speaks within him. That his words, that his actions, that every single decision that he makes, every single breath that he takes, and every breath that a person takes, he's, he has to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu because nothing comes from us. Such a person is zeicheh tekfayda leki. He's zeicheh that his own honor is really just a tiny spark of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's honor. Which is true. Which is singular. Which has no different elements and facets for there to be cracks and holes that people can slip in and people can find a, a chink in the ice. Such an honor, nobody says a word about it. If he's right for such a thing, if he's not right for such a thing, because again, the intentions are true. There's a certain tamimus. There's a certain confidence that goes ahead with knowing that even though me, myself, I, myself, am nothing, but since my whole, since my whole passion and my whole drive is only as a messenger of somebody much bigger than me, who's taka big, so Mamela, I am a representative. So nobody looks at me, myself, when, when the servant of a king comes to town and he's announcing, uh, he, he's announcing a new edict from the king, nobody looks at him and says, oh, is he right to be? Nobody. Of course he's right to listen. Not because who he is himself, he's the biggest peasant in the world, but he's working for the king. So when he speaks, you don't hear a peasant speaking. You hear, you hear the king speaking. So such a person is, Nobody argues on this person's authority because again, it's not his own. And the mashmois is the, 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 we can make an inference from this line that maybe he's talking not roy. Maybe he's talking not roy. But again, since he as a person, again in the, in the analogy of the peasant working for the king, since it's not him speaking, it's not his own words, he's only the representation and the messenger of somebody much bigger than him who taka owns his authority, that Hashem is the bala covered, melech covered. So it doesn't make a difference who the person is. How old, how young, how, how, how wealthy, how poor, how his level of stature. It doesn't make a difference who he is, who he is. Because he is coming not representing himself. He's bottle, he's null, he's void. He's coming as a representative of somebody who actually and truthfully is the master of the true honor. And on such a person, about such a person, it says, This kveid alikim, if someone attains the honor of God by nullifying himself and allowing himself to express his authority only 
in the framework of a messenger, of a shliach, of the master of the world. So haster davar. Everything is covered over. He himself as an individual is covered over. And we see not his own ego shining from him. We see the light of, of life. We see the light of the master of the world shining from him. Ki What can you do? It's, it's aser. Aser is it's bound. The truth that's emanating from this person's honor because of who he represents, because the peasant is reading the edict from the king, it's aser. It's all tied up. There's no room. It's not, it's not mutter where there's many, many different places and they're all untied and it's loose and there's, there's cracks and there's holes in the story. There's such a thing as it's aser. It's tied. It's so bound together. It's, it's impossible to go ahead. It's forbidden. It's impossible to go ahead and try to, try to investigate such an honor. Because how could the finite human mind in its wildest dreams try to go ahead and comprehend and try to grasp the honor and the glory of the infinite of the Ein Sof? That's the first paragraph. I just want to make a... Make, make a just to focus a little bit on one line here, mihuzeve ezehu, that the Rebbe said it's four lines from the top. Vahakol again, a person who's malachim, who's running after his own covenant and attains this earthly, this kingly honor. Everybody's asking, mihuzeve ezehu, who is this person? Mihuzeve ezehu. So any Torah and Lukut that's called any lesson that's called lashon rabbeinu zuchar nadevracha, which is Rav Nachman's own handwriting, as opposed to Rav Nassin, having listened to the lessons, written them down in his own words, and then brought to Rav Nachman for, to be supervised, to be checked over. When it's in Rav Nachman's own handwriting, every single word in all the Torahs is very important, but every single word is full, full, full of meaning that he chose specifically these words to use and not something else. So when he says, which might sound familiar to some of us because of Pasuk and Esther and Megillah's Esther, and if we remember the, in the Megillah story, Mihu these words were said by Achashverosh to Esther at the final party that Esther called both Achashverosh and Haman to. Because Esther started on this whole monologue about how there's a terrible person who's coming to attack her nation. And Achashverosh says, finally, after hearing this whole thing and seeing his beloved Esther so upset, so distraught, he asks, Mihu who is this person? And Esther stands up and points a finger at Haman and says, Haman Arazed, this wicked Haman. So when the Rebbe uses this line, it means that we're supposed to go ahead and analyze the Purim story and try to find this idea there. And this, this is true in all of the Kutaran. It happens to be very, very simple to do here. And it's very sweet. What's Haman? Haman is in his essence, which is really a Malik, which is all about Gaiva, like the Rebbe says in Torah Yud, in the, in the Torah on Purim. Haman's whole, and that's, that's the Indian of the Eitz Gavoya Hamishim Ama. He's building this huge tree. Everything's big. Every, by Haman, everything's very, very big. Haman, everything's huge. In Haman, we see this exact model, this exact structure of somebody running after Kavod, and Kavod runs away from him. He's pursuing. He's roidif achar kavod. It's really a ton of It says the more a person runs after kavod, the more kavod runs away from him. But somebody who runs away from kavod, kavod runs to him. That's where Nachman's basing himself off of here, and we find that very, very, very openly demonstrated by Haman. In one particular episode in the Megillah, Haman walks in from the chutzer, 
at night. Achishverosh says, Mi bechatzer. And he says, oh, it's your, it's your viceroy, it's Haman. And they bring him in. And Achishverosh is reading from this, this book, and the pages keep flipping miraculously back to the story of how Mordechai saved him from Bigson and Seresh. And he's asking, was anything done? And they say, nothing was done for this man. And so the king, Achashverosh, goes ahead and asks Haman, who was, happened to be in the Chatzar at that time, not happened to be, was, was walking around over there. And he asks him, what should be done for such a person? What should be done? Says the, says the Megillah, Haman said in his heart, Haman said in his heart, who could the king want to honor more than me? This is somebody who's single-mindedly focused on himself. Any opportunity that he gets to stick his foot in the door and to try and increase his own comfort, this is how his mind works. Immediately shifts into third. This is exactly, exactly what we're talking about over here. But Yaimar Haman Belibai, immediately. Not what can I do for HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Who can I honor? Obviously, if he was a Jewish person, he would be thinking in those terms. What would bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu the most honor in this case? But instead, his mind immediately goes to his own, to his own furtherance. And he's thinking to himself, of course, Ahasuerus is talking about me. There's no other option. And so he starts listing this whole list, this whole list. And it's about Haman that these words are said, Because somebody who runs after his own covet, Ahasuerus responds very, very simply. Take everything, everything that you said that you wanted to come upon you, and go ahead and give it all to Mordechai Yehudi. A person who's right if achar akavid ain't oizoyich elikvayd elikim. It doesn't go. Ba'akol choykrim alav v'shayalim, and they give him more problems than he would have had in the in the first place. Mihu zeve ezehu. That's Haman. In kedusha we find the exact opposite. In kedusha we find another biblical personality in the broader sense of Tanakh. On the side of Kedusha. And, and, and this subject, this example is Yosef Hatzanik. That we find that Yosef is brought out from his pit. Yosef is brought out of jail. And he's known as the Poyser Chalaymas. He's known as the interpreter of dreams. So they bring him to Pare. Pare had been having very, very wild dreams. Cows, skinny cows, fat cows, crops, different things. And he asks Yosef, he says, okay, what's the Pisser and what's the interpretation? And Yosef gives them the interpretation, and it's clear in Nikarim Divrei Emes, it's clear to Pari that these, are, these words are truth. These words that he speaks is the true interpretation, are the true interpretation of his dreams. And after Yosef finishes, he says, okay, by the way, if, if, if you want to go ahead and make use of the information that I just told you in the most proper way, in the most beneficial way, you should probably find somebody who knows how to carry this stuff out. Who knows how to store grain? Who knows how to go ahead and distribute it evenly that it shouldn't run out? And then, it doesn't say this in the Pesukim, but it sounds like Yosef is finished. I'm going back to jail. Yosef doesn't care. Yosef is trying to seize the opportunity to go ahead and do what he's supposed to do and tell Pari that this is not me interpreting the dream. This is HaKadosh Baruch Hu interpreting the dream. And then he's ready to go. You could envision Yosef. He's finishing the thing. He's, not, he's halfway out the door. What do we find Pari says? Pari says... I believe is the Pasuk. I don't know if it's exactly the words. 
After Hashem has made known to you all of this, there's nobody, there's nobody like you for this job. There's only you. This is the exact opposite of Haman. The exact opposite of Haman. Haman's going ahead and thinking, everything, you're a humble boy. Who, who, does, who does the king want to honor more than me? And Ahasuerus says, take everything that the whole list that you thought is going to go on you and give it to Mordechai. And you have garbage poured on your head. Yosef is the opposite. Yosef is thinking to himself, all I'm here to do is be marbek foyt shemayim. Yosef is Meloshan Moisif, also a Loshan of, of big, of big like Haman, right? That Haman wants to build his eight Gavoyach, Hamishim, Amma. Everything about Haman is grandiose. But Yosef is, is, is a grandiose of Kedusha. Yosef is Moisif. He, it's bigger, but, it, but he wants to be Marbek Fud Shemayim. Moisif. And about such a person, Hitaka gets it all. Hitaka gets it all. And in his getting it all again, it's not that he's necessarily Roy. Of course, Yosef HaTzadik is Roy for all Gedula. But a person who's the Yosef HaTzadik type of person, Lav Dafka doesn't mean that in his own personal life, he himself, by his essence, is Roy for such a thing. Because there's a tzad, im huroi, im lav. There's always that back and forth. But nobody's chayker after him because it doesn't make a difference. He's not coming as, as, as a messenger of his own message. He's going ahead and bringing the message and spreading the light of a light that's so much more beyond, that's infinite, that's infinite, that's, that rises and, and touches the expanse of existence. So there's no chakira whether or not this person's roi. It doesn't make a difference because it's not him. Let's move on to Uzbeis. I'm just going to start the beginning of it. This is more difficult. We might go a couple of minutes over time today. Let's try and, let's try and focus. So again, we want to be marbuk foyed shamayim. We want to merit kvoid alikim. By putting down our own covet and by in every situation looking, how can I go ahead and bring God's light to this world? How in, this, in which decision of the two options that I have in front of me at any given point, which path on the fork of the road in this woods is going to go ahead and, and, and show myself, remind myself and show others that there's a master of the world, that the physical world is an illusion. And that's going to go ahead and bring us to Kfayt Alikim, to this godly covenant. But there's a step in between. There's a step in between. There's a step that's a prerequisite for going ahead and living this life of Marbek Fayt And it's a simple step. And it makes sense. The only way to merit living this life, where every decision made can go ahead and bring Hashem's presence, dear to bring Him down to this world in a more broad sense, that people who know you, that you yourself should be reminding yourself of the way you live, and, by the, and, and the people and the relationships that you have, it should be clear that when somebody comes into contact with you, you're, you're, you're living in a different place. And the physical ground that you tread, you realize as being just a, a shell of the spiritual existence. That's through tshuva. That's through tshuva. Now tshuva, the way that we know it, is tshuva, yeah, vidui. All the different prerequisites of tshuva from the Rambam, the checklist, right? Vidui, you have to give up the chait. Kabbalah la'asid, right? Charot avar. That's tshuva as we know it. But again, when Rav Nachman talks about tshuva, he's going inside, 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 inside. Not the checklist of all the different details that we have to do. Of course we need that for tshuva. But deep, what's, what's tshuva at its essence? What does it mean? And this is what he said. It's a very unlikely thing. We wouldn't, we wouldn't necessarily think of this when we think of tshuva. But this is going to change our whole perspective. 
You know what tshuva is? Tshuva means hearing yourself be embarrassed and staying quiet. What does this have to do with tshuva? Being embarrassed and staying quiet, maybe self-control. What does it have to do with tshuva? With returning to HaKadosh Baruch With turning my life back to it, the straight and steady line that it began when, when, when that flat line of my heartbeat started beating. Before I even tasted a tiny little taste of this world. What does this have to do with that? To return to myself, to return to who I am. What does this have to do? So again, everything Rav Nachman says can be taken on different levels. The way to really understand Likut Yaman is to learn Likut Yalachas. Of course, because Rav Nassim was the, really the only one who really understood what Rav Nachman was saying. Rav Nachman himself said, Rav Nassim knows more of me. Rav Nassim, none of you have tasted anything of me. Rav Nassim tasted a little. So Rav Nassim says, you know what it means? It doesn't say, Kishiyishma mishuhu boize oischa. It doesn't say that when you hear somebody, someone embarrass you, you have to remain silent and not answer him back. It's only, there's, there's no one else in this picture, it's you. Kishiyishma, when it is heard, when you have heard. Bizyoyno, your embarrassment, it doesn't say that someone's embarrassing you. Says Rav Nassim, it's talking about that inner voice. It's talking about that inner voice, that source of the Kfoyd Aliki, which we, we talked about in the first year, really is the Yitzhatoyv. That's telling you, stop focusing on yourself. Stop focusing on an independent physical existence. Realize that everything is just an expression of a spiritual reality. That you're here for a reason. That every second counts. In the most beautiful, wonderful way. When you hear that voice rising up inside of you, which it does from time to time. And it's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's telling you, you've been living incorrectly until now. It's telling you that you, you haven't really been making use of your time here in this world. The, the clock is ticking. That's busyness. To really look yourself in the mirror and admit that to yourself, that's busyness. And there's only one way that you're going to go ahead and change your life to the type of person who's marbe b'chvoyed shamayim, who in every single decision is looking, how can I bring Hashem further down into this world? How can I reveal His presence? There's only one way you're going to get there. And that's yidam b'yishtek. That's to hear this voice and not to fight it and not to say, yeah, but with a million different excuses of why you're living the way you are. And it takes a real man. It takes a real yid for this to, to be quiet and say, you know, you're dead right and I'm dead wrong. And that's tshuva. That's tshuva. That's turning from the physicality, from the physical goof, from that identity that you have as an individual person, as a human that's turning away and it's tapping right into the world of silence. The silence of the body, the silence of taivas, kina, covet, all of that stuff that comes with this world, it's tapping into the silence of a spiritual beauty. It's tapping into the silence of a sublime and, and, and infinite light that descends upon your life to go ahead and transform yourself into, into a non-self, into a spark, into a ray, of the great divine sunlight. Now exactly the spiritual inner working of what tshuva has to do with covered, because again, we explained it very in a rational sense, in a practical sense, very simply, again, the steps. Our goal is to be mamayat our own covered, to minimize our own honor or our own pursuit of honor and pursue honor maybe, but do it as a messenger of the master of the world, to reveal his honor. 
where you're nullified, where you're just that little peasant going ahead and bringing the message of the king to the world. How do we do that? Through tshuva. What's tshuva? By allowing the voice of the covet of the key talk within you. Because there's two, there's two covets talking. It's the Yitzhah Tov and the Yitzhahara constantly in every decision. And it's very simple. Seek the spiritual, which we can't really see, which is intangible, which is everlasting, so it's the better option. Or seek the physical, which is right in front of you, which is instant, tangible gratification, which I can see, which I can feel, which I can touch and hear, smell. These are the two voices, and, this, and they're both covered. Are you after your own covet? Again, it doesn't mean medals on your jacket. It means are you after your own covet in terms of building myself as an, as, as an individual, as somebody independent, as an independent being who I live on my own? Or to be marbek foyed hamokim, to totally shut that down and to say, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just walking in the ways of Torah. I'm walking in the ways of tefillah. I'm walking in the ways of mitzvahs. And even in my physical life of eating, drinking, sleeping, all of these things, my goal in these things, and it takes a very big person, and these are my dragas, again, very lofty, and we have to work our whole life to get here. But to become the type of person who's a kfoid aliki, that just what shines for him, and he looks like the regular guy in the street. He's the president of the shul, the same way the president of the other shul is, is Marba, his own covet, the president of this shul, not to say anything bad about Jews, is, 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 is Marba kfoid shamayim. It's the same guy. It's an inner work, and it comes with an inner silence. It comes after hearing the voice of the Kfoyd Ali speak up and say, hey, uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you've been doing things 1,000% the way you should. And instead of arguing and giving excuses and fighting and covering over and maybe even embarrassing that back and saying you don't know what you're talking about, it's Yidnon Yishtaik. It's silence. That silence taps you in to the Kfoyd Ali That brings you to Tshuva, Again, the turning, the turning of my whole life trajectory to the path of godliness, to the path of spirituality, to the path of revealing a Kaddish Baruch in this world, which was my goal, which is tshuva. And that enables me to go ahead and to bring the kfoid aliki down to the world and down into my own life. A covet which, since I'm only a messenger of something that's worthy, doesn't make a difference whether I'm worthy or not. doesn't make a difference. Shining from the peasant is the light of the king. In the next year, we're going to discuss, and we're going to have to start moving a little bit more. I didn't realize how, 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 uh, how long it would take to do independent pieces, so I want to do it thoroughly. We're going to move a little bit further, and the next year, we're going to talk about the spiritual inner workings. That's the practical. We're going to talk about the inner workings of exactly the relationship that COVID has to tshuva in a spiritual manner. And doing so, in doing so, and breaking that down, that chain as we're going to become familiar with in the, in the, in the writings of Rav Nachman, that everything is chains of concept. In doing that, in finding the relationship between Shuva and Kavad, in a spiritual sense, using spiritual, conceptual, theoretical concepts, not theoretical, conceptual concepts, we're going to break down Shuva. We're going to learn many, many valuable, unbelievable lessons about the Yitzhah Toif, about the Yitzhahara, and about this avoida of Yishma Bezyoinoi, of hearing the Yitzhah Toif speak within Yidam Yishtak and being silent to it, which brings us to unbelievable letters, levels we're going to learn, a keser, the shame of ekye, tshuva, and in doing so, we're going, to, we're going to break down tshuva, and we're going to get to the depth of it, to penetrate the depth of exactly what is tshuva, exactly what is our goal during this Elul, and I'm preparing ourselves for the Yom Have a wonderful day.